everybody. It's Mike Rickheim. Thanks for joining us for another edition of Madiv's Getting to Know Podcast, a very special Earth Week podcast in which I'm fittingly joined by Brian Cooley, who leads all of our sustainability efforts here at Madiv. Brian, thanks for taking time out of your schedule to spend with us today on the Getting to Know Podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. What does Earth Day and or Earth Week mean to you, particularly through the lens of, of what you do for a living? That's a good question. You know, I, I think for me, it means, you know, taking some time to recognize some of the the problems, you know, that we have globally right now and figuring out what we can do to try to um, solution some of those issues, you know, how we can contribute to making the planet a better place to live, um, make lives better for, you know, our global citizens, reduce our impact on the environment those sort of things. How long have you been in a role or in a capacity like this? So that's uh, also an interesting question. I've been doing this about, uh, been in sustainability about 11 years. And prior to that, I had all sorts of different roles across operations and research and development and internal audit and leading some business subsidiaries, which to me, it all kind of feeds up into a sustainability role as a nice developmental career path. When did the word sustainability start finding its way into people's titles? Are you an early adopter, you know, with the, the, that role 10, 11 years ago, or was I missing something before that? Yeah, pretty, pretty early. Um, the company that I was working for at the time had actually been one of the first companies in the world to start measuring their, their impact on the, the environment. Um, so I, you know, I'd, I'd heard the word here and there before, um, I moved into that role, but, um, wasn't something that came up very, you know, very frequently or where I ran into other people that had that title. Gotcha. Gotcha. So as I understand it, the research I've done coming into the Brian Cooley podcast is that we've got three pillars in the sustainability strategy for MADIF. As I understand it, people, planet, profit. Is that right? Yep, that's that's correct. So it's called the uh, triple bottom stool. Some people call it a triple leg uh, stool. Um I think, um, you know, kind of a, a good example to to highlight what that what that means to us is uh, talking about the environmental mailer, because Kristen Duncan is uh, potentially on the verge of making a sale to a new a new customer, but it's something that's uh, you know it's good for the environment because it's a product that's made from a renewable material and it can be recycled, so that's that's the planet part. Uh, it's a product that has has good margins, and um, you know if we're able to sell more of that product, then it helps us create you know good jobs for employees, pay good benefits. It allows the company to grow, and of course, as a company grows, that creates more professional developmental opportunities. So that's an example, you know, of the of the people piece, and and obviously, you know, if we're selling it and making a good margin, there's you know there's kind of the profit. So there's a lot of overlap and kind of interweaving. Um, in some cases, the people part might be more something like products that we're selling into reverse osmosis filtration, where they're solving a societal need out there, like um, giving people access to fresh water or improving air filtration or something like that. 
I'm always curious with our our guests in the Getting to Know podcast, the extent to which there's such a thing as a typical day. In in your world in leading sustainability, is there such a thing? <laughs> um I guess a typical day would be a lot of variability. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of different things that come up, different issues. Um, you know, some days are spent responding to customer inquiries or working on other types of disclosures. Um, you know, I have to spend some time just searching for new regulations that are being implemented globally. Some might impact us because of where our manufacturing facilities are. Some might impact us because of where we're selling our products into. Um, you know, try to spend some time with the manufacturing facilities, you know, helping them identify ways to reduce waste and um, improve energy efficiency, things like that. Uh, spend a little time on looking at innovation opportunities, a little time on strategy, you know, so it, it really does vary quite a bit. What's the best part of your role? It's definitely getting to interact with, you know, all of our colleagues across the, the globe. Um, you know, there's, I have a lot of uh, discussions and and meetings on a weekly basis, and I'm always learning something new from uh, the people that we work with. We have a, you know, great team of people. Um, I think we have a really, really good culture, and I just enjoy interacting with everybody and getting to learn some things from them. So for the majority of our employees, um, they might be wondering, what what is the population of of, of people or leaders that you're interacting with most? Is it heavy op supply chain? Is it, is it legal? Is it HR? Where, where are you spending most of your time? It does kind of, uh, kind of meander, you know, right now I'd say it's, it's been a lot of times with, uh, commercial teams talking about what kind of sustainability claims we can make on products with, without getting ourselves in trouble with, uh, marketing, uh, rules, uh, for instance, but, um, you know, there can be times where it's, it's operations heavy or, um, doing some digging into some things for some customers and, you know, responding to them that way. Legal. I, I actually report up through, uh, legal. Um, I report to Travis Jackson and, um, some people may think that's kind of an odd place for sustainability to, to sit, but actually on a normal, in a normal year, I would interact with legal, you know, quite a bit with, um, you know, confidentiality agreements. Um, we, we get a lot of inquiries from customers sometimes that, um, you know, they want us to agree to things that we, it's not in our best interest to agree to, or that we, we can't. And, and I may work with legal to kind of craft a message back to them to explain, you know, why this particular piece is an issue. And, um, you know, would they accept our version instead, or would they give us an exception on that? What would you say is going best as it relates to sustainability at Mativ? Um, well, it's, you know, it's early for, for Mativ, obviously, um, coming together. But, um, you know, we have a pretty good baseline uh, where we're tracking data now. Uh, we're starting to work on a new sustainability strategy and we'll be setting, you know, new reduction targets and goals. And that baseline data, you know, is, is helpful for that. But, um you know, even outside of that, we have locations that are taking good initiatives. Ashton, for instance, um, reduced their total greenhouse gas emissions by about 10 percent 
And they did that by stopping sending their waste material to, uh, to landfill. Most of it's being recycled now. Um, so there's, you know, a great example of doing something that um, helps us, you know, move forward towards a, towards a target, but is good for the environment and actually saves us a little money as well. Are there companies that you aspire to be more like, or maybe, maybe even um, I would go so far as to say, are there companies that you benchmark and look at them and say, we want to be more like this organization? That would be a great point of arrival for us from a sustainability standpoint. Yeah, one company is Rockwell AS, which is on the uh, Corporate Knights um, global leadership list for sustainability. Um, you know, they've made good progress against targets that they've that they've set. Um, they're innovating products that help address some societal needs, and you know, they're they're literally making products out of rocks. It's it's not a you know a high tech business, so. You know, if, if they can do it, we should be able to do it too. Corporate Knights. Is that Knights with a K? Yeah, so it's a, it's an independent party that uh, rates companies based on their sustainability performance. Gotcha. So if there was a magic wand available to you, a sustainable magic wand, that you could wave over the organization and change one thing to get us closer to a status like that, what would you do with it? <laughs> You know, I, I, I guess maybe to approach the question a little bit differently, I think we have a lot of opportunities around innovation with the uh, knowledge and expertise that we have internally. And if we're able to develop more, more products that are meeting needs of society or meeting a functional need, but that have sustainability aspects to them as kind of a you know, a knock on, um, you know, it's good for the health of the company. It helps us take funds and reinvest back into energy efficiency and reducing our carbon footprint and um, continue to, you know, to offer good benefits and, and pay to, to employees. So I, you know, I guess it would be kind of uh, accelerating what we're already doing in, in that space. That's good. That means you feel like we're on the right trajectory, just looking to go a little bit faster. That's good stuff. Speed is is difficult. You know, it, it's everybody's got a million things going on. Um, you know, developing and launching a, a product is is not an easy process. It's you know, it's time consuming. There's a lot of trial and error. Um, you have to be willing to at times say, look, this is a stinker and uh, we need to kill it uh, before it, you know, eats up any more resources. Um, but you also have to, you know, have a, have kind of a gut feel too for, you know, the ones that um, you, you think would have a really good chance to succeed and, and keep trying to push those forward. That's great. Now, switching gears on a little more of a personal front, kind of getting to know Brian Cooley a little bit. I know you reside currently in the greater Atlanta area. Are you from this area? No, originally from Illinois. Um, I grew up in a town of 450 people that was kind of like Mayberry. Um, my uh, graduating, so I went to the second smallest public high school in the state of Illinois. Had 13 kids in my class. Um so Where did was, you graduate in that class? <laughs> top ten, I hope. Uh, I was, yeah, I was in, I was in the top thirteen. That's good. I wasn't. 
So a town of 450, a high school class of 13, where did you go from there? So originally I wanted to be a ceramics engineer. Um, so think like space shuttle tiles. Um, at the time they were uh, researching ceramics for, for, you know, for engines, things, things like that. Um, decided that that wasn't the best fit for me. Um, took a biology class just to uh, get, you know, check the box on a science elective that I needed and liked it better than I did in high school and ended up deciding to major in it. Um, they didn't have, there were classes in the, you know, that were required as part of the degree that I wasn't really interested in. So I was able to get the uh, department head who was my advisor to agree to let me kind of design my own degree actually. So I'm one of the few people in the world that has a Bachelor of Arts in Biology. Oh, look at that. Very cool. Um, so, and where did you go to school? At a small university called Quincy University. So it was about an hour from where I grew up. Okay. And then did you go right from that area down south of the Mason-Dixon line or did you did you bounce around a little? Yeah, bounced around a little bit. Um I was in a uh, developmental program where we knew we were going to be relocated somewhere. We didn't know where it was. And um, that relocation turned out to be Oklahoma. Um, the uh, We had been talking about like an international assignment and things like this. And they, we had a $180 million greenfield that was uh, being built. And the plant accountant got encephalitis from a tick bite and was in the hospital. They didn't know if she would survive. So I was asked to go out for a week just to keep vendors getting paid so it didn't delay the project. Um, I balked at it a little bit because I hadn't had an accounting class before. And to this day, I've never had an accounting class, but one week turned into into two years and um, was managing the, the project budget for a while. How far into your career were you when you landed at what is now MADIF? So I've, I've been with the, you know, legacy uh, bit of the company about six and a half years now. So, you know, pretty, pretty far along into the, into the career. Um, I, uh, you know, had a, had a boss, a bad boss that I was looking at getting away from. And uh, the person that I initially reported to when I came to what was then SWM, uh, I had worked with him before at the previous company, knew he was a great guy. So I jumped ship, you know, basically for uh, a better boss and, and just also happened to be jumping ship onto a better company with, without knowing it. Um, there was all kinds of crazy stuff that used to go on um, where I worked for 20 years, uh, by the way. And I just thought that's how all companies were. Uh, I was actually surprised at how boring things were when I, when I came to SWM. And what's what's now mad of sometimes boring is boring good. in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes boring can be good. Um, what drove the interest in ceramics engineering and or space when you were a kid? Yeah. So as a as a kid, I had an interest in astronomy and, you know, um, at one point in time, thought I might have liked to have been an astronaut. But uh you know, of course, that was before I had an understanding that the water that you drink today was the water that you drank yesterday. So <laughs> a few, uh, you know, um, I don't think, uh, you know, knowing what I know now, I don't think really being an astronaut would be a very enjoyable um, experience um, when you think about, you know, being cramped up with 
with a bunch of people that you may not know that well. And I'm not sure what the shower situation is like, but in close quarters, that could be kind of a stinky situation. It could be indeed. could be indeed. Well, we're glad that you made this decision for sure, because certainly a lot of opportunities from a sustainability standpoint here um, across, you know, across enterprises across the the, the globe, but certainly here at Madov as well. Um, Brian, is there a thing that you would point to that you would say the average Madov employee could do to make an impact from a sustainability standpoint? Yeah, I think um, just sharing the ideas that they have, you know, the, the people that have their hands into the products every day and, and on, on the equipment probably have a lot of ideas for things that could improve safety, um, improve productivity, reduce waste, um, you know, help save energy and just bringing those ideas forward and, you know, trying to, to make small things happen can, you know, can have a, a really big impact. I think uh, it was Philippe Rigaud that told me one time that it takes a lot of small streams to make a big river. And I thought that was a really good, uh, you know, really good statement. And I think, I think it's appropriate here, you know, no, no activity is, is too small. It all adds up in the, in the end. What's the best way to get those ideas into your pause? Is it, is it reaching out directly to you? Is there, is there another avenue that that employee should go? Yeah, I think the, the first step would be to discuss it with their supervisor and, you know, talk through if it doesn't make sense to make this change, if it's, you know, modifying a setting on the, on the manufacturing line or something like that. I mean, most of, you know, most of those things are going to be within the four walls of the facility that they're that they're in and that they control, but always want to know about things like that 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 are happening at the sites because if one site's doing it, you know, it may there may be a benefit for another site to be aware of it as well. So always feel free to contact me about it. But yeah, definitely talk to your supervisor about it first. Great, Brian. At the end of every Getting to Know podcast, we ask our guests three specific questions. I'm going to hit you with those right now. The first of which is what is always, all times of year, easily found in your refrigerator? India pale ale, jalapenos, and hot sauces. India pale ale, jalapenos, and hot sauces. Do the IPAs serve a purpose to rinse down all the the heat? No, I just like really bitter beer. All right, (laughs) great. Um, Second question for you, Brian. Amongst those who know you well, what would you say you're most famous for? Making chicken paprikash. Is that a Hungarian dish? It is a Hungarian dish, and we're not Hungarian, but uh, um, I had it somewhere one time, thought I could improve upon it, and downloaded a recipe and you know, started kind of playing around with it. and turned out pretty well, I guess, because the, the family really likes it, but it's a bit of a process to make it the way I make it. Probably takes about two hours, I guess. How often do you make it? Not very often because it has a lot of sour cream in it, so it's not, uh, you know, something very healthy to eat. <laughs> gotcha. Last question for you, Brian. What would you say you're most looking forward to right this very moment? Uh, families planning a vacation to, uh, Miami in the next couple months, not that far away from where we're at, but we've, we've never been there. So, you know, just looking at spending some vacation time down there and exploring the city. 
That's good. That's good for you. Well, Brian, thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to spend with us today in celebration of Earth Week here coming up. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate you having me on. I enjoyed the discussion and I look forward to all the great and cool stuff that we're going to do as a company going forward. Thanks, Brian. For those of you in the listening audience, hope you enjoyed getting to know Brian more. Have a great Earth Week and we'll talk to you again in a couple more weeks.